0: This suitcase, it looks really old, but maybe the materials are very nice, and it, it's still, maybe you can use it still as a suitcase, but the keys are broken. And if you open it, you see these nice uh, colored paper lining inside. Of course it doesn't have anything in it, it's, it's empty, it's an empty suitcase.
1: The first time I heard about the suitcase was from some friends who went to Auschwitz, and uh, it was displayed in the museum in in Auschwitz on the pile of other suitcases. So I took my, at that time, 14-year-old daughter, and we went together. And when we got to the museum, so we looked for the suitcase and couldn't find it. Then um, I uh, rode to Auschwitz and uh, about two months later I got a photograph of this suitcase. That's what I got from Auschwitz about two years ago.
0: It's quite big. Uh, the size is about 60 and 40 centimeters. The color is brown and on the one side of the suitcase there's the owner's name Hannah Brady and then there's also her birthday May 16th 1931 and there's also a German word Wiesenkein meaning often that's all the information inscribed on the suitcase
1: the writing on the suitcase is definitely not my sister's because she would have never written herself Weissenkind or Orphan. We were always a family, a family and we always thought that when the, the war ends that we will all get together again.
0: It had this name and the birthday so I looked at her birthday and then found out that she was 13 that time, so it was a little girl, so I really wanted to find out about her, what kind of girl she was, where she was born, what kind of family she had, and I knew that she died in Auschwitz, so I just wanted to find out what kind of girl she was before, before the Holocaust.
1: Actually, I was uh, born in 1928, to, and my sister was born three years later. We lived in a small town in Moravia. We were there were only two Jewish families. I was the only boy, and my sister was the only Jewish girl in in town. So we all our friends were Christian. We were very integrated. My father was a. A voluntary fireman, he was a football player, he became the chairman of the football team there was a lot of skiing in our town, it was a very famous for cross country skiing racers he was the announcer and uh, he played in the local theater and my mother was a very vivacious very uh, uh, lady and she laughed a lot, very loud always we like that and we had a lot of People coming to our house, artists, painters, and uh, which my father, the young ones, he supported, and, and poets and writers, and uh, because they always knew there was a good talk and uh, good food. At the same time... Um, there were some poor people living behind town, and my mother was always sending them some clothes or some food, and Hannah was the deliverer, and she loved to do it and kept bugging my mother if she can bring some more stuff to these people. Yeah, so we were, I would say, a very loving family. My, I remember my five parents worked very hard. They, were, they both worked six days a week. We had a store, but on the seventh day it was always on a Sunday. We climbed into the bed with mother and father, I was always with mother and my little sister was with my father and I was a strong girl and I know it because when we were fighting she wouldn't always lose and uh, she she had a blonde hair, blue eyes and uh, I think a pretty, very pretty, round face Uh, We used to uh, play a lot together. We had a big garden, and through the garden was going a creek, so we always played the Navy. In winter, we again built uh, winter forts out of snow, and uh, she was a good sports uh, person. Uh, she, She skied, we skied cross country. She was skating, once I remember she got a beautiful skating outfit. It was uh, red, and it had fur on the end of it, on the end of the sleeves. And she was learning how to become an expert uh, skater. And uh, although she was only eight or nine years old, she was pretty good at it, and we all admired her. She learned uh, turning around and I don't know pirouettes, whatever. I don't know the terms for these things, but she certainly enjoyed it, and we all enjoyed watching her. We had a lot of, a lot of fun.
0: Our center targets young people in Japan, so we organized this traveling exhibition, "The Holocaust Seen Through Children's Eyes." We wanted uh, these artifacts that used to belong to children. And I went to Auschwitz in 1999, November, uh, asked for a loan of some children's materials, children's items, um, and specifically asked, um, actually I specifically asked a shoe, this little shoe, and I remember I asked for a suitcase. Because suitcase, that really uh, tells you a story of uh, how these uh, children who used to live happily with their family were transported and then again transported again and were allowed to take only one suitcase. So it uh, shows this uh, journey. Um, So I thought, an object like suitcase would be a very important item to to really let children in Japan learn what happened to children in the Holocaust.
1: We had a very happy time until suddenly the Nazis appeared on the horizon, first in Germany, then in Austria, then the Sudetenland, and uh, then took over the the rest of Czechoslovakia. From then on, one restriction after the other came into effect. First, we were allowed to shop only in certain stores. We were allowed to shop only at certain time. We were not allowed to go to movies. In 1940, I was 12, my sister was nine. We uh, were not allowed to go to school anymore. And uh, eventually, we had to wear a yellow star. Then my mother was arrested in uh, the spring of 41. My father was then arrested in the fall of um, 41. And uh, we lucky enough had an uncle who was Christian, living in the same town. So he was very brave to really take us in. And we stayed with him until we were called to report the 14th of May 1942, to go to Theresienstadt. On the 16th of May, that's two days later, when we were in this building waiting for to be deported, my sister celebrated her 11th birthday.
0: I... First, I got this suitcase from Auschwitz, so I wrote to them again and asked for any information they have. But they said that uh, they couldn't help me in any way and then I tried other big holocaust museums in, in one in uh, uh, Israel Yad Vashem and I tried the uh, other huge holocaust museum in Washington DC and they couldn't give me anything but this museum of Auschwitz told me that uh, she was transported from Terezin in Czechoslovakia. I was lucky to to find that. I knew that the girls, little girls uh, who were at Terezin, I knew that they drew paintings. Uh, So I thought that Hannah might have been, Hannah Hannah was 13 years old. So I thought that uh, Hannah must be uh, one of those girls and she must have left some drawings. So I wrote to the Terezin ghetto museum. I was so excited when they sent me these four pieces of Hannah's drawings. These drawings had her name. It was really, really so exciting. But when we opened the exhibition with this suitcase, it was uh, last year in July, that was all we had.
1: In Theresienstadt we stayed for over two years. My sister lived in this girl's home and I lived in the boy's home and we saw each other as much as we could. I always felt responsible for her so I tried to uh, tell her what to do and uh, she at one point got really sick. She got encephalitis and I got really worried because that could uh, leave her damaged brain and I just was horrified that I would bring her home and she wouldn't be in top shape. As it turned out she recovered and uh, as I found out um, through Japan lately uh, that she was even painting secretly being taught and her teacher was one of the famous German artists, her name was Friedelweger Brandeis one of the uh, members of the Bauhaus, and uh, Gropius said about this lady, would she have lived? She would have been one of the greatest female artists of the century. I um, found out through the suitcase, which turned up in Japan, that uh, they have four of her paintings. I never knew that any of these paintings existed, so I asked them to send me a copy of it, which they did, and then I asked for the original copy from the museum in Prague, which I just got about three weeks ago.
0: I was desperate to get the photo of her. So I thought that uh, if somebody has information on her, that has to be the the museum, uh, the Terezin Museum. Uh, So I wrote to people there again, but uh, the the answer was the same. So I decided that I'd just go to see if there's anything I can find out.
1: We were in Terezin for two years and uh, the war seemed to be turning against the, against Germany and they decided to send 10 transport out east as it turned out to Auschwitz. I was called in the first transport which was in... September of '44, and my sister was in the one next to the last one. Um, I was fortunate enough to pass the test, because at that time they needed workers, so I looked strong enough, and I just said that I'm healthy, so I passed the selection and went to work. My sister went in there next to the last transport, and that was on the 23rd of October, 1944. And since she was too small for work, so she was killed the next day. Before my sister went, just the day before the transport, she asked my cousin to do her hairdo because she wanted to. Uh, uh, she wanted to look nice when she will meet me. Instead, when she got to Auschwitz, they cut her hair and then they killed her. I uh, uh, had no idea what happened to my sister after I left Terezin, so only when after the war, when I got home to my uncle and aunt. My aunt, who was in Terezín, too, came back and explained that Hannah went to to Auschwitz. I was still hoping that somehow, somewhere, she will appear. But once I met a friend of hers, and she just said, point blank, she just went to gas, which I just nearly fainted. And that's how I found out.
0: When I got there, I was really lucky to be able to meet with this one lady at the museum. She invited me into her office and she was trying to help me in any way. And we were look, both looking at this list of names of uh, people who were transported from Terezin to somewhere else. And there I found the name of Hannah and right next to it we found another Brady so i asked could this be her family and then we looked at the the birthdays and it was uh, there was 3 years difference so they told me that uh, usually the families are listed uh, together so she was sure that he must be her brother and i asked them do you have any idea where uh, in I mean, what he's doing. Um, because from the list, you can tell that uh, he survived. Hannah had a little check to to show that she died, but he didn't have that mark. So I asked her if there's any way I can find out about him. And she looked really sad because she knew that I was so desperate. But she said she didn't know how I can find out about him. But then she went back into her desk and she showed me another document which had names of Mr. George Brady, Hannah's brother, with the name of his bunkmate. They shared the the bed in the terrorism camp and she knew Mr. Brady's bunkmate. She knew that Mr. Brady's bunkmate is living in Prague. I was supposed to leave the next day, so I had only half a day, but I ran back to Prague and ran into this Jewish museum in Prague. And there was this woman who had been helping me find Hannah's drawings, so she made a few phone calls to find out Mr. Brady's friend and then he came over to see me at this office. We had only half an hour but from him I was able to get uh, Mr. Brady's address in Canada.
1: And suddenly in the last September I got a letter from Japan, a big envelope. I was uh, wondering who would write to me from Japan, and when I opened it, I couldn't believe it. I just was stunned, you know, I just couldn't couldn't believe it. It's to the credit and incredible perseverance of Fumiko Ishioka, the director of the museum, that she decided to find who the owner was, and she went through a lot of problems to and challenges to find it, but she did manage.
0: Right after I went home, I wrote to Mr. Brady. But still at that time, I wasn't sure if I could get any response from him. Um, this might remind him of bitter memories and he might not want to hear such a thing anymore. But few weeks later i got a nice letter from him and details about hana and also this beautiful uh, photos of Hannah. and i just screamed at that time and uh, my hands were shaking and uh, as i read the letter but uh, the thing is that I was of course really excited to finally find Hannah and find out what kind of girl she was when she was in happy days uh, and what she liked to do. She went skiing, skating and a lot of details so Hannah. it was unbelievable. But what really excited me is that uh, Hana's um, brother survived. And um, he now has such a beautiful family. I was so happy about that.
1: Um, Last week, uh, Fumiko Ishioka arrived, and I invited her to stay with us in our house. She brought me paintings uh, from kids there, and a video again addressed to me and Hannah and I couldn't believe how involved these children were, how, how taken they were by this, uh, this story, um, Dana and her suitcase. It was a very, very uh, moving uh, experience from an absolutely unexpected uh, part of the world.
0: In Japan, the Holocaust is so far away. It's such a, um, some people, don't see any connection whatsoever but when they look at the suitcase these children were really shocked that she was my age and that really helped them a lot to really uh, focus on this one little life that was lost and they could really relate her to themselves and uh, really try to think about why such thing happened to a girl like her and why Jewish people and why children they then realized that there were one and a half million children like Hannah
1: because of the suitcase it is it is very strange to me that nearly 60 years ago uh, this tragedy happened and now suddenly it appears in Part of the world where I would have that would be the last place in the, in, on the earth where I would have expected that it would appear, and it certainly changed uh, a lot of uh, my life and my my uh, family because everybody is affected by it. And my uh, we have a young daughter who is 17 years old and she's called Lara Hanna, and she is actually going with me to Japan in in uh, March of this year, because we would like to meet some of these kids and help them to find a way of changing the world into a better world.
0: We have a group of children called Small Wings, my center. Uh, They are aged from 7 to 18. Even though they didn't know anything about Hannah, They were so attracted to the suitcase and they they wanted to write a story on her. They invited their friends and they did a little performance using the suitcase. This one girl, 18-year-old girl, read the, the story they wrote, Hannah Brady, 13 years old, the owner of this suitcase. Fifty-four years ago, May 18th, 1942, it was two days after Hannah's 11th birthday, she was taken to Terezin in Czechoslovakia. October 23rd, 1944, crammed into the freight train, she was sent to Auschwitz. She was taken to the gas chamber right after. People were allowed to take only one suitcase with them. I wonder what Hannah put in her suitcase. Hannah would have been 69 years old now, but her life stopped when she was 13. I wonder what kind of girl she was. A few drawings she made at Terezin. These are the only things she left for us. What do these drawings tell us? Happy memories of her family? Her dream and hope for the future? Why was she killed? There was one reason. She was born Jewish. Name, Hannah Brady. Date of birth, May 16th, 1931. Often.
1: Actually, when our little daughter was born, I wanted her to be called Hannah, but my wife uh, said that nobody should live somebody else's life. She should live her own life, and I'm very grateful that she suggested that. So we called her Lara Hannah. And, uh, And Lara Hannah knows a lot about fate of Anna, and my fate, and our family, and when we went to Auschwitz, it was a very emotional visit, and we somehow felt better that we lit three candles for these three. My mother, father, and Anna. I always feel that I'm a well-adjusted person and I got over the war reasonably well, but there is one thing I cannot get over, and that is my sister Hannah. And with this suitcase, it uh, flared up again much more, not only with me, but with the rest of the family, because suddenly we have a lot uh, to remember and a lot to talk about, and uh, suddenly the aunt to my sons is uh, somebody... Uh, very close, close to them, and uh, and uh, we will never forget her.
0: We small wings will tell every child in Japan what happened to Hannah. We, Small Wings, will never forget what happened to one and a half million Jewish children. We, children, can make a difference to build peace in the world, so the Holocaust will never happen again. By Small Wings, December 2000, Tokyo, Japan. Anna's Suitcase was produced by Karen Levine.